is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Here, our number 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. You know, I got back to the United States at 11 o'clock this morning, Eastern Time, and there's the American crap media, crapping all over the place. Predictable, but nonetheless disgusting. Like a choir. Not a single independent finger among them. Not a single one. 98% attacking the state of Israel, which is doing nothing to bother anybody. They're not rushing anybody's fences. They're not trying to provoke war with anybody. They're not going into somebody else's uh, so-called territory and on and on and on. And to listen to the media in this country, they are propagandists for Hamas, just as they were propagandists for Iran, just as they were propagandists for North Korea and Cuba. The Democrat Party and the media in this country stand with our enemies. And predictably so, and repeatedly so, they stand with our enemies. The media in this country, one repeats the other, and they give you lies. It's not just fake, it's flat-out lies, affirmatively lying to the American people. Now, I'll tell you exactly what was planned on the Gaza Strip, and I want to talk about the new embassy a little bit, but I want to finish with this first. An unofficial translation up there on Right Scoop and all over the Internet, if the media would read it, but the media won't read it because the media have a narrative. And by the way, The last 48 hours, how many American reporters have been reporting from inside the Gaza Strip? They sit safely in Israel or in the United States. How many European reporters are in Gaza reporting on this? None of them. How many American reporters? None of them. Why? Because they'd be hanging from a telephone pole. That's why. Hamas controls Gaza. They have a vice grip on the population. They brutalize their population. They summarily kill anybody who speaks out against them. They torture each other. There's no reason why that piece of land, prime land, just so you know, on the Mediterranean Sea, couldn't be a mecca, so to speak, of economic prosperity. Just the way little Hong Kong was at one point. Before China got its grips on it. All the money that pours in to Gaza. Why is nothing happening there? Because they they use it to build tunnels. They use it to buy rockets. 50,000 people on this border with Israel. 50,000 people on border... Israel is about 13 million people. We have 325 million people. That would be as if 1.3 million people were on our southern border, northern border. You pick it. And among them, untold numbers of terrorists. But the entire rioting is controlled by Hamas. These aren't popular uprisings. There's no such thing as popular anything. 
in Gaza. It's all orchestrated. Hamas is part of the Muslim Brotherhood, just like Al-Qaeda. Hamas is funded by Iran and Turkey. And in the past, maybe even now, Saudi Arabia and the United Nations. You know who provides electricity to Gaza? The Israelis. You know who provides most of the food to the people in Gaza? The Israelis. You know who provides most of the cement and steel to the people in Gaza? The Israelis. 800 to 1,000 trucks going into that territory every single day, except when they're, they're on the attack. Have you heard a single damn reporter say that? When's the last time an American reporter went into Gaza and actually did a report on what's going on, who's in control, what they do to their own people? Never, because they never come out alive. Did they tell you today and yesterday how many rockets they have, Hamas, aimed at Israeli cities? You know, the last 36, 40 hours, give or take, when I was in Israel, you know, I was taking cabs, and there was a cab driver, an Egyptian, and Muslim. And I didn't say anything, but he wanted to tell me as an American that he's lived in Israel for 35 years, and he said, if the Palestinians actually wanted peace, if they'd show peace, now this is an Arab Muslim from Egypt, he said the Jews would give him everything. The Israelis would give him everything. But they don't want anything, Hamas, except the elimination of that country and every single person in it. And so our reporters sit in their air-conditioned offices at 30 Rock, on Capitol Hill, at MSNBC and CNN and NBC and CBS and ABC, with their new haircuts and their $1,200 suits and their $300 ties and their flashy loafers, and they sit there and pass judgment on people who have to deal with this, life and death. Why is Hamas building tunnels into Israel? Because they have plans for a subway system? No! To kill people. To kill people. This rioting was planned months ago. It's been in the media. They talked about it weeks ago. And yet here we are again. It's not the fake media. It's worse. It's the Hamas media. It's the Iran media. It's the North Korea media. They're all those things on the American media. But in the end, it's the crap media. Because you never get the facts. And our enemies, all over the world, whether they be terrorists, or whether they be fascists, whether they be communists, they rely on our media. They rely on the Democrat Party to undermine our country. And of course, to undermine Israel. The closer Israel gets to the United States, the more they trash Israel. If the Jews were victims, if they couldn't defend themselves, like so many decades ago, then you'd hear, oh, the poor Jews, the poor... Now that they have a country, they defend themselves, they've built up a military, and they're not taking any crap. Now all of a sudden, they're the perpetrators. Is Israel on a list of terrorists? No, Hamas is. Hamas is so bad, the other wing of the Palestinian Authority doesn't get along with them. Fatah. And Fatah's headed by a terrorist who funded the Munich attacks on the Jews at the Olympics. 
They don't even get along with Hamas. Yes, but, you know, the the Israelis have all these high-powered weapons. And the people in Gaza, they're throwing rocks. Let me read to you this unofficial translation of a document that was secured, I believe about two days ago. Uh, It's up at Right Scoop, and they do a great job over there. Of the Hamas leadership telling the people what to do in this spontaneous protest. Monday morning will begin with a gathering at 10 a.m. along the Jacor route from Beit Hanan until Rafah. A starting time will be announced, and after this time, all demonstrators will start going in one mass with stout heart towards the fence until it's knocked down. The march will be accompanied by loudspeakers that will inflame the crowd and prevent the group from being dispersed. The advance will be made behind bulldozers that will take down the fence, clearing a path through it for the demonstrators. The demonstrators are requested to please act in accordance with the demand to bring a knife or a gun, to hide them under their clothes, and not use them except where there is need to capture soldiers or residents of Israel. It is required not to kill them, but to hand them over to the resistance forces, as this is an important bargaining chip of which Israel is afraid. It is necessary to take actions to chase the snipers from their positions. It is necessary to expose their positions and plan actions against them well. Don't bother yourself with the wounded or dead. That will be taken care of by the medical teams. Your, the protesters' job, is to act wisely on the ground and follow the instructions. Oh. So they force their people into these actions. Not all of them. Some of them are very excited to, to participate. But they force children into these actions. Remember the last war with Gaza. Where do they put their headquarters? Under elementary schools? Remember? Where do they put their, their missile inventory? Under hospitals? You see, what our media do not understand or do not care to understand is that for Hamas, every human being is expendable. Because it's a war. Every one of their citizens, expendable. Children and women first. Children and women first. Why? And I'm going to tell you why. And I don't mean to be provocative, but I'm going to tell you why. The media in our country, hell, the worldwide media and the Democrat Party in our country, just like all the other left European parties, you know what? They have blood on their hands. You know why they have blood on their hands? Because they encourage this activity. Because Hamas watches them. The more children that are killed, the more the media turn on the Israelis. The more women killed, the more the media turn on the Israelis. So they push the women to the front. They push the children to the front. You and I, you and I look at this and say, holy, these terrorists are unbelievable, what they do to their own people. The media, they say the Israelis are unbelievable. Look what they do to these people. Now, Israel is an extremely powerful nation. It's one of the finest militaries on the face of the earth, despite its very small size. Do you think, do you think if the Israelis wanted to wipe out the Gaza Strip that they could do it? What do you think the Syrians would do? 
What do you think the Iranians would do? What do you think the Russians would do? What do you think the Chinese would do? They would just carpet bomb day in and day out, day in and day out. Did Israel attack the Gaza? No. Did Israel attack them? No. Hamas is attacking Israel and using its people to do it. And our media, the fifth column, is assisting them. And our media, our media and the phony commentators and the pseudo-intellectuals and the comics at night and the Democrat Party members, they are the ones with blood on their hands because Hamas knows that they can be played to. And they're playing to them. It's a disgusting spectacle. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Hamas. Hamas views armed resistance as the only method to achieve its goal. Article 13 of its charter. Compromise or peace negotiations are not an option. They are a contradiction to the principles of the Islamic resistance movement. I'm quoting, abusing any part of Palestine is abuse directed against Islam. This is from the Great Clarion Project. Hamas views arms resistance as the only method to achieve its goal. Period. It's tied to the Muslim Brotherhood. They gave it birth. Then the Egyptian Brotherhood, a break off of the Muslim Brotherhood, but that's the mothership. And I want to remind you, the Muslim Brotherhood has all kinds of offshoots. Al-Qaeda, Islamic Jihad, Hamas. Also, it's the same organization that murdered Sadat, among many others. The Israelis know their neighborhood. They know exactly what's going on here. Pressure for a two-state solution, two-state solution, two-state solution. So they give it a try in Gaza. They have an election. One election. Not one since. Hamas takes over the country or I should say, takes over that area. That's your example of a two-state solution, a final solution. The media in our country and the Democrat Party stand with Hamas. They stand with the regime in Iran. They stand with the regime in North Korea. They prove it time and time again. There's something wrong with Israel. There's something wrong with the United States. There's something wrong with President Trump. There's something wrong with Prime Minister Netanyahu. Over and over again, the same thing. And these frauds who call themselves reporters know damn well what's going on. You, the American people, you know. Thank God for alternative media. Thank God for competition in media. Or we'd be stuck with Andrea Mitchell. And people like her. These aren't reporters. These are leftists. These are leftists. And so what's going on? Oh, and I love this. They're using snipers, the Israelis. Oh, snipers. Oh, my God. Why do they have snipers? They're not using tanks. They're not using bazookas. They don't have machine gun nests opening fire because they're trying to limit the death and the damage. Unlike Hamas, which is sending kids and women to the front. 
we don't know if these numbers are accurate, how many are killed and how many are wounded. And the Israelis, all of a sudden, they're on defense when it comes to the press. And Hamas knows it. They know how this works. They don't give a damn about life. People, folks, you need to remember. The suicide bombers? Hamas started that in the 1990s. They initiated the use of suicide bombings in April 1994. Hamas did. And they've killed thousands of civilians using this tactic. And they train and teach and propagandize to their children starting at very young ages that this is the way to Allah and this is the way to liberate their people. They build these underground tunnels into Israel to be used for attacks. Egypt has cut off the Gaza Strip. Egypt. They want nothing to do with it anymore. And that territory, at least in the recent past, was Egypt's. And so here we are, the predictable left-wing kook, pro-Hamas media. And let me repeat it again. These fools on American radio and TV and American newsprint and websites, these fools on the left are causing more death and causing more bloodshed. They're giving Hamas exactly what they want. Propaganda. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, America's tyranny hunter. Call in now, 877-381-3811. And then there are these, these grotesque efforts by the American media with blood on its hands. Because the American media, as well as the European media and the UN, but especially the American media, is the propaganda target of Hamas and all these terrorist groups. Because they know about the American media. All you have to do is watch. The American media are trying to turn this into a a Donald Trump instigated an event. Or an Israel instigated event. Despite all the evidence against Hamas, despite what Hamas is, despite what Hamas does to its own children and women, despite what they teach them, despite the facts all over the internet, none of it matters. This is why I say the American media have blood on their hands because Hamas knows more of their children they cause to be killed, more of their women they cause to be killed, the more the world will jump down the throat of Israel, but also now Donald Trump. On my own dime and for my own interest, historical interest, I went to Israel over the weekend. I was in the air half the time, and I don't particularly like long flights. Not that I'm scared of them, there's just nothing to do. And so it took me, all told, about 14 hours to get there, and all told, about 16 hours to get back at 11 o'clock this morning, my time. The United States moved its embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. The United States has recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. It has been, in effect, the capital of the Jewish people for, say, what, 3,500 years? Evidence abounds. Coins. Pots. Writings. Real stuff. 
archaeological findings, evidence abounds, and nowhere is there evidence of the Palestinians. No coins, no pots, no nothing. Because there weren't any Palestinians. The whole notion of Palestinians is a fiction created by none other than Yasser Arafat. And yet, the language sticks, doesn't it? It sticks. The right to return. The right to return where? The right to return where? It was a wonderful ceremony. All kinds of dignitaries and all kinds of just regular people. There were, I would say, less than 20 members of Congress who came. Every one of them was a Republican. Every single one of them. Every single one of them was a Republican. In 1995, the United States Congress voted that the United States should move its embassy to Jerusalem. The Senate voted 95 to 0. They put a provision in there that a president could waive it every six months for national security or foreign policy reasons or whatever. And every president keeps waiving it, except one. He waived it once, but no more, Donald Trump. As recently, as recently as last year, June 2017, June, I I misspoke, it was 93 to 5. I'm looking at my notes here. It was 93 to 5 in 1995. There was another vote in 2017 underscoring that we should move our embassy. That vote was 90 to 0. 90 to 0. Donald Trump on December 6, 2017 announces that's exactly what we're going to do. And all of a sudden, it's a provocation. All of a sudden, even though Congress overwhelmingly has voted for it, decade after decade, all of a sudden, it's Donald Trump's fault that there's a provocation, the Iranians are angry, the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran, Hamas, part of the Muslim Brotherhood, a terrorist group by our own, names, by our own State Department and other countries, all of a sudden, they attack, and it's Trump's fault. This is our media. Our pro-Iranian regime, pro-Hamas, pro-North Korea, pro-Cuba, pro-Russia, pro-China media. Armenia. Now I'm going to tell you something the media in this country will not tell you, folks. Donald Trump is loved in Israel. I have never seen anything like this. Placards all over Jerusalem and other parts of Israel. He is revered in Israel. He could get elected there with 80% of the vote, I believe. He is revered by their scholars and by the people in the streets for doing this one thing. Doing what our Congress said it should have been done since 1995. So while there are people in America who absolutely hate Trump and wish he'd get hit by a bus, and that includes almost every member of the media, in Israel it's completely different. 
It's completely different. They love him. And they love him because he finally, he, among our presidents, finally recognized the historical fact. Ladies and gentlemen, when we talk about the temple, the temple, there were two temples in Jerusalem. The first one was destroyed by the Babylonians. That's a historical fact. The second one was destroyed by the Romans. That's a historical fact. Two temples. Now on that second temple, sometime after it was destroyed, the Muslims built a mosque right where the second temple was. The Temple Mount is what they call it. The Temple Mount. And they claimed a holy right to that entire area. And Islam came to be long after Judaism and long after Christianity for that matter. In the 1967 war, something happened that was never expected. Israel was attacked on all sides. Israel not only pushed back the enemies, Israel took back Jerusalem. Which was taken by the Jordanians. In 1948. Israel took it back in 1967. But Moshe Dayan, the general there, did something, unfortunately in my view... The Temple Mount, where the Muslims built that mosque, he left it in their hands. That is, the hands of what we now call the Palestinians. The Jews are not even allowed to go up there and pray. They're not even allowed to go up there and pray. Now tell me, does this sound like a people, does that sound like a government that just likes slaughtering people? Does that sound like a government that wants to kill women and children? All over Israel. They not only protect Jewish sites, many of which were sacked by the Arabs and the Muslims and the Jordanians and whatever you want to say. They protect Christian sites and Muslim sites. Does that sound like a government or a people who have to kill little kids? What has Hamas built? What has Hamas done? What has Hamas done for its own people? What has Hamas done in the Gaza? What have they done? Despite billions and billions and billions in charity pouring in there. What have they done? They built tunnels. They buy rockets. They build military outlets. They fund their army, their militia. The hell with the people. They teach their little babies to be suicide bombers. They teach their mothers to encourage them to be suicide bombers. What kind of people do that? The reporting in this country is so grotesque. Is so grotesque. Israel is a civilized society. America is a civilized society. The Gaza is not a civilized society. Hamas runs it. It's a police state. It's a terrorist state. 
50,000 people come to the border at the direction of Hamas. Some untold large number of them are terrorists. What are they supposed to do? We had 1,000 people in a caravan come up from Central America. Day after day, what are we going to do? Oh, the caravan, 1,000, oh my God. We got to protect our border. We can't let them in here, blah, blah, blah. What if among the 1,000 were 500 terrorists? What would we do if they sought to breach our border? Would we process them? What would we do? What if they came to our border, 50,000 strong, or in our case, 1.3 million strong, and they were throwing Molotov cocktails? Some of them were actually armed. They had as their goal to breach our fence in order to kill our people, in order to kidnap people on the border. What would we do? We complain about our southern border, and we should. And we should. But we don't have a terrorist regime on our southern border. We don't have 150,000 missiles aimed at our cities on our southern border, or our northern border for that matter. Well, Israel does. But that doesn't matter to Joe Scarborough. That doesn't matter to the White House press corps. Tonight, they're going to be very comfortable. They'll all have steaks or shrimp, cheesecake for dessert, talk to each other about how awful this is and how awful that is. They'll go to bed at night, probably not with their wives or husbands, probably with somebody else. They'll wake up in the morning and attack and attack and attack America. Attack and attack and attack our president. Attack and attack and attack the Israelis as they defend, whether they admit it or not, terrorists. And police states all over the world. If Joe Scarborough, Mika Brzezinski, think the Israelis are the problem and Hamas is not the problem, then get your ass over to the Gaza and report from there. Have your little circle table there and let's see what happens. Maybe the whole White House press corps to give it a shot, see what happens. They'd run to the Israeli side so fast. They'd win gold medals. And that's the truth. And I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. An Iranian group has just offered $100,000 to bomb our U.S. embassy in Jerusalem. And I'm sure the American media will blame us. I'm sure the American media will blame us because they're sick, quite frankly. You know, one of the questions we keep hearing from our fans of the radio show about Levin TV is, why do I need it? Why do I need it? Well, we're able to go into deep depth on CRTV in places I can't go into deep depth <clears throat> in, many, in many instances. We're able to use the graphics that I choose we're able to use all the sorts of things. I'm in charge of Levin TV. Nobody else. And if you love my radio show, if you love my Fox show, you're going to love Levin TV on CRTV. You want to get your media when you want it? With the depth that you've come to expect from my radio show and my new Fox show, you need CRTV. These are the only places where you'll get the stories behind the biggest issues of the day, like the Mueller investigation, North Korea, Iran, and of course, now this, Gaza. 
And with Levin TV, we cover the stories you want for as long as it takes to get to the truth. And you can watch every episode whenever you want. Try us for 30 days, absolutely free. I, I implore you to just give it a try. I think you'll love it. And use promo code LEVIN, that's promo code L-E-V-I-N, to get $10 off on an annual pass. Setup is quick and easy, and you'll be ready to watch in five minutes. So give us a call, 844-LEVIN-TV. We'll get you set up very quickly. That's 844-L-E-V-I-N-TV. Now, <clears throat> I could be like the rest of the media and a few seriously demented talk show hosts and come to the defense of Hamas. And attack Israel. Because you see, that's easy to do. It's predictable. Takes no thought whatsoever. And that's the pom-pom boys and girls and the rockettes out there. That's what they do. They don't want to talk about Hamas. They don't want to talk about what Hamas is doing. They don't want to talk about what Hamas has issued, the orders, the directives. They don't want to talk about it at all. Because to do so is to give you information you may not know or may not have. Let me ask you, how many news bureaus are in the Gaza? Does CNN have a news bureau in the Gaza? Does MSNBC have a news bureau in Gaza? Why not? Why aren't they spending their money there? They all have news bureaus in Israel. Well, if Israel is the perpetrator and Gaza is the victim... Why wouldn't they put their news bureaus in Gaza? I would ask the media this question. Why are there kids at the fence if, as Hamas says, the Israelis are there to kill them? Why do they send their kids there? Why do they send their women there? Would you, ladies and gentlemen? Is that how you think? Of course not. You watch these cable reporters who are reporting on this stuff. Not one of them is in Gaza. They're all in Israel. Some of them are in London. And of course, the vast majority of them are in the United States. They're in the United States where they take the facts and twist them. And twist them. I want to remind you, and I do all the time, but now's another time to do it. I want to remind you At the height of the Holocaust, the New York Times, which was owned by two Jewish families, not anymore, I think it's owned by a billionaire Mexican guy, but it used to be, did its damn best to cover up the Holocaust. Now, why would they do that? It's been written about, even the New York Times slapped itself in the face decades later. What was wrong with us? What would they do? What's the New York Times doing today? Same damn thing. Spinning the news. Spinning the news. I don't know what this tiny country Israel is supposed to do. Surrounded by enemies. Iran today. Today. Threatened to blow its cities off the face of the earth. That's why Israel will not allow Iran to get a nuclear weapon. That's why. They've got Hamas operating out of Gaza. They have Hezbollah operating out of Lebanon. They have Fatah operating out of what used to be Jordan. They have Iran that wants to blow its cities off the face of the earth. 
They have Syria with every subhuman terrorist group you can possibly imagine. And they need to protect its borders. They don't have any choice. They don't have any choice. There's your two-state solution right there. Gaza. Which is no solution at all. It's the final solution. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. So as I said, I came back from Israel. I was at the Boston airport on the way back to Dulles. Uh, reading on my iPhone these news reports and then watching them on this endless CNN stuff. And it was just grotesque. And then some of our favorite websites, all weekend long, hyping all the violence taking place. There wasn't any violence in Jerusalem. There wasn't any violence in Judea or Samaria. There wasn't any violence in any Israeli city or town. Period. Period. The only violence was from Gaza, planned and imposed by Hamas. People kept sending me texts, are you safe? Are you okay? Safe? I said, I'm fine. We're fine. Everybody's fine. There's nothing to be worried about. Walking in the streets. Now, how many of you read stories or heard reports about over 100,000 Israelis marching in the street in support of what our president did with Jerusalem? Did you read that anywhere? Did you see, Mr. Producer, did you see that anywhere? Nowhere. Over 100,000. You saw it nowhere. That was the reality that was taking place in most of the country. And as I sat through this absolutely wonderful ceremony and I was taking it all in, Beautiful ceremony. We have a hell of an ambassador in Israel, David Friedman. Just tops, absolutely tops. And Ivanka Trump was there, and Jared Kushner was there, Jason Greenblatt was there. These are the people on the U.S. side that are trying to deal with issues in the Middle East. (coughs) Excuse me. And every one of them has been trashed today. Every one of them. Because that's what our media do. Anybody know who the ambassador from the United States to Israel was under Obama? Anybody know? Of course you don't know. Because he did nothing. He did nothing. Well, that's not true. The Obama administration gave aid and comfort to the terrorists. Just like our media do. Just like the Democrat Party does. So we're on the defense, Israel's on the defense, and Hamas says, you know what? We're getting the press we want. Send more kids to the front. Send more women to the front. Because MSNBC, CNN, NBC, ABC, CBS, and all the rest of them, the New York Slimes, the Washington Compost, look at all the great media we're getting. We can't buy it. 
but we'll send our women and children to the front line and we'll get it. Let's listen to some of our media, and I say they have blood on their hands. Because Hamas does this not because they think they're going to actually win a war with Israel, but they're trying to bring worldwide pressure on the country, starting with the American media and the American Democrat Party. Here's a montage of reporters put together by Newsbusters at the White House briefing with Deputy Press Secretary Raj Shah yesterday. Cut to go. The death toll is over 50 in Gaza. Is the U.S. calling on Israel to use restraint in, in dealing with these protests? So there's no burden on Israel to do something to sort of rein it in? But I can't very now stop. Do- That's a reporter for Reuters, which is always anti-Israel. What did the Israelis do? Did they send their jets in there? Did they strafe? Did they send their tanks in there and put an end to it real quickly? Uh, were they firing bazookas or... Um, Grenade launchers? Were they shooting machine guns into the crowd? No, they had snipers there trying to figure out who's who. I heard some idiot on the radio today, I'm told. Why didn't they use rubber bullets? They did it first. They used tear gas, they used rubber bullets. Then they used real bullets. Go ahead. Minister Raj said about what's taking place in Gaza, he urged Israeli authorities to exercise discretion and restraint. So to be clear, does the U.S. not agree with the French that Israeli authorities should exercise discretion and restraint? That's NBC. That's Peter Alexander with NBC. Go ahead. That Hamas is responsible for what's going on. So there's no responsibility beyond that on the Israeli authorities. Kill at will. Stop. Kill at will. Peter Alexander, kill at will. Sound like they're killing at will? This is disgusting. This is Alexander. Let me tell you something, Peter Alexander and Steve Holland with Reuters. Hamas is doing this for you. Hamas is doing this for you. Those children and women are dying so you can say what you're saying. You damn fools. Go ahead. Issue of peace between the Israelis and the Palestinians. When was the last time the White House reached out to Palestinian leadership? And will, given the high numbers of casualties, uh, Palestinians calling what's happened today a massacre, will the White House be reaching out? Well, uh, I don't honestly have an answer for you on that. I'll, I'll get okay. back to you. Jared Kushner, in his speech, pointed a finger at the Palestinians, saying they were responsible for provoking violence. But given the fact that it's Listen only Palestinians who are being killed, should Israel not shoulder some of the blame? Throwing rocks 50 meters from the wall. And listen listen to this propaganda. I mean, is the White House in denial of the split-screen reality that's occurring? Uh, the split-screen reality, Jessica Stone. I don't even know what news group she's with. How about Hamas, Jessica? You didn't say a word about Hamas. You keep saying the Palestinians generically. The Palestinians on the east side of Israel didn't do a damn thing. The Palestinians in Jerusalem didn't do a damn thing. They didn't do anything. Why won't she call it Hamas? Why won't she say Hamas? Why didn't she give any context with her questions? Does the White House have anything to say about Hamas pushing their children and women to the front line? Not a word. And what is she also implying there? Look, Palestinians are dying, but no Jews. Would she be happy if we had a quota system? Sure she would. Absolute disgrace. Disgusting. 
Now, this Matt Bradley has been played all day. I heard it in the radio driving from the airport home, MSNBC reporter, because he's a fool. Cut three, go. Well, Katie, what I've seen here just yesterday and last Friday was horrible violence. Uh, you saw tens of thousands of young people crossing fields between the urban part of Gaza and the Israeli border, essentially trying to walk across this heavily militarized border. Why are they doing uh, that? Who told them to do it? Who forced them to do it? Matt. And I notice you're not reporting from the Gaza side either. What's, what, what's with that, Matt? Go ahead. Armed. Now, as uh, you know, it's, it's easy to say they were completely unarmed. They had some light weapons. A lot of them would be burning tires or rolling tires to try to melt the razor wire. Uh, they had slingshots. Uh, they had a, a new and crazy invention, incendiary kites, where they would try to loft kites and, uh, with, and set them on fire to try to light up some of the agricultural fields. Tell, me, tell me, Matt, how many people were on that border rioting? How many were rioting? How many tens of thousands were riding, and what was their purpose? And who told them to do it? Matt. And who told them to hide their guns and knives under their clothes, Matt? And what was their mission to kidnap Israelis, right, Matt? How about those tunnels, Matt? How about the money pouring into this militia army from Iran and Turkey? And the Muslim Brotherhood, Matt. Did you mention <laughs> that Hamas is a terrorist group, Matt? Did you mention that they train their little children to be suicide bombers, Matt? They've been doing that now for decades. Not a word. Nothing. Did you mention, Matt, that the Israelis are not trying to cross the border to Gaza? But that Hamas has ordered its people to cross the border in Israel, have you also mentioned that they do this every May 14th or 15th, Matt? Have you mentioned that Israel faces 150,000 missiles, Matt? Go ahead. The border with Israel. Um, but these were hardly the kind of weapons that could frighten uh, any Israeli soldier who were armed hyper rifles and who later on in this afternoon were using artillery to fire uh, not only near some of the Hamas locations that they had identified, but even near us, about 100 meters. No, they were um, shooting artillery to try and scare them. Matt, can't you tell the truth? Go ahead. Uh, me and my team this afternoon, uh, we were nearly hit by uh, some artillery. So it's, it's kind of hard to imagine how these Israeli troops could have been threatened uh, by a lot of these young people who were really not peacefully demonstrating, but peacefully by, the, uh, by comparison to the Israeli soldiers. Uh, and indeed, no Israeli soldier has been killed and nearly 100 ha uh, Palestinians have died in the past seven weeks of protesting. Protest. Listen to the language. Well, now, you Israeli soldiers, you've got to sacrifice a few of them. You know, if we could get 20 or 30 killed. Now, it wouldn't satisfy Matt Bradley. It'd still be 100 to 20 or 30. But that would help with the PR, with MSNBC. This reporter has blood on his hands, too. He's doing exactly what Hamas wants him to do. And he's doing it. Jessica Stone, Peter Alexander. This is what Hamas does. I didn't invent this. This is what they've told their people. This is what they've said. Then we have Eddie somebody, rather, Professor Princeton University on MSNBC. Cut four. Go. While Donald Trump is doing this, it may look for a deflection. 
it's not necessarily going to help the, the midterms. All of that's important, and all of those babies are dead. All of those people are dead. I... They're dead. And, and we're talking about racehorses. I mean, the politics. I mean, there are a lot of folks who are dead today. For what? I'm sorry. I'm, this is me being a moralist, I suppose. No, you're not a moralist. You're a buffoon. Why are those children at the front lines of a Hamas-inspired armed conflict? Professor, you don't want to know the truth. Neither does Katie Turr, an ignoramus by all accounts. Go ahead. In the White House today, their response to that was it is Hamas's fault and they're using them as, as tools for... I've told you, ladies and gentlemen, the media are the mouthpieces for Hamas. They'll deny it, but that's exactly who they are. That's exactly what they are. Just like the, when, the, when Trump got rid of the Iran deal, they were the mouthpiece for the mullahs in Tehran. They've been the mouthpiece for the dictator in North Korea. That's who they are. They're out of the closet. Go ahead. Propaganda. That's like saying the children in the Children's March of Birmingham, it was their fault that Bull Connor attacked them. You know what, pal? You're, you're, you're a disgrace. To compare the marchers in the civil rights movement to Hamas, a terrorist organization, that's what you did, Professor. Oh, he's from Princeton, don't you know? That's what you just said. That's what you just did. Hamas must be led by Martin Luther King. And Israel's led by Bull Connor. You're a sick man, Professor. You wonder why our kids go to these schools and they come out so weird? It's because of, sh- of guys like him. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I don't unravel it, who the hell will? And it needs to be unraveled. There's a guy by the name of Phil Mudd on CNN. He's apparently a former CIA guy, uh, collecting a big pension thanks to you and me. He is a buffoon of the highest order. A clown. A moron. Listen to this idiot. On CNN. I mean, you know. If you're an idiot, you're on CNN or MSNBC. Cut five, go. If you're a deal maker, a deal maker who for 70 years has tried to portray yourself as an impartial mediator between the Palestinians and the Israelis, how do you sit there and say we gave away something for nothing? For a man who wrote the art of the deal, that is his father-in-law, we just gave the Israelis an incredible gift. What did we get in return and how do we persuade the Palestinians, including a president who follows? The president is the guardian not only of his own presidency, but of, of future presidencies. How do we go to the Palestinians and say, now come to the table and we expect you hey, to... Hey, idiot. Do- hey, idiot. Maybe you missed 70 years of history. Maybe you've been self-waterboarding all these years, you moron. The Palestinians were offered most of Judea, most of Samaria, and most of Jerusalem. You must have missed that. Now this idiot blames Trump for doing what Congress told presidents to do since 1995. You wear that, you idiot? Mud, and you are mud. Your name ought to be Flake, but we already have one of those. So now the president actually institutes the law that was passed in 1995 overwhelmingly in the House, 93 to 5 in the Senate. Again, 
this past June, the United States Senate votes 90 to 0, and this cloud, hey, uh, you know what, uh, well, the art of the deal, always the cheap shots, always the attacks. The fact of the matter is, Donald Trump will be remembered for this and 10 other things he's done as president. Many of us never thought we'd see it, but we're seeing it. And this guy, Mudd, won't ever be remembered for anything. He won't even be a footnote to a footnote in history. Creeps like him. Creeps like him, the art of the deal. Hey, how was that Obama art of the deal, putz, with Iran? And that peace treaty he got with Palestine. I mean, uh, with the so-called Palestinians. How about the others? You fool. Look at you, you sell out for a paycheck. For a paycheck. Work for the CIA. Ours or somebody else's. And that's the mantra. We didn't get anything back from the Jews and the Israelis for Jerusalem. We didn't get anything back. We didn't get anything from them. It's their capital. What are we supposed to get from them? What did you want from the mud? But he's not alone. CNN, you know, they're like parrots, one after the other. Fareed Zakaria, whatever, on CNN, cut six, go. I think it was a very non-strategic move, by which I mean to say oh, yes, Trump yes. is supposed to be the master of the art of the deal. Oh, where did we hear that before? Oh, the master of the art of the deal. Go. Very rare to make a major concession to one side without getting something from the other. Oh, you mean like with the Iranians? Hey, look, fellas, mullahs, and assorted uh, Islamists. Look, sign the deal. We'll give you $150 billion. I'll give you $1.8 billion in cash for the uh, ransom stuff. You know, give us some people back. And just don't build nukes for 10 years. After that, you're off to the races. You mean like that, freak Sakaria? Go ahead. This has been a prize. Look, there are 86 countries that recognize Israel. All their embassies are in Tel Aviv. This is, an, uh, this is a very big gift. Look how condescending this guy is, like mud, to a nation state, a sovereign country, to the Jews. Look how they talk about them. This is a gift to the Jews. Is Jerusalem is a gift to the Jews? Let me tell you something, you jerk. It's not a gift from the United States. Read the Bible. Oh, you don't believe in the Bible. Oh, then read the New York Times, I guess. I'm not done with these clowns. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, the voice of America. Dial in now at 877-381-3811. Many of these leftists and so-called reporters, not all, but too many, see, they view the United States as the great Satan and Israel as the little Satan, too, don't they? Just like our enemies. They have a lot in common, really, in terms of their mindset. It's not hard to condemn Hamas. We know what Hamas is. We know what they're doing to their children and their women. They wanna, think about it this way. If those 50,000 people had breached that fence and gotten into Israel, which is a tiny country, followed by another 150,000, what would happen to that country? It would be overwhelmed. Its towns would be overwhelmed. They don't have a police force or military large enough to hunt down all these people once that fence is breached. 
again, I said if you look at it just from statistics, a number point of view, it'd be like 1.3 million trying to breach our southern border, followed by 2, 3, 4, 5 million others, many of whom are terrorists, led by an organization that insists on destroying the country and killing all its people. That happens, then Iran follows up, and Turkey follows up. You got all hell breaking loose. Israel would cease to exist. That's why it has to protect its borders. Whether people are throwing stones or shooting spitballs, they cannot let its border be breached. You and I know that. So do they. So do the phony reporters. So do the big mouths out there. They can't control themselves. They have to join in with 98% of the rest of them. You know, uh, ladies, how amazing was your Mother's Day gift this year? What about getting rid of those bags of puffiness under your eyes? Those sagging, droopy eyelids, too. No, I'm not talking about surgery. Listen to Diane from Savannah, Georgia. She said, I've been using this product for a few days and already love it. I can really tell a difference in my eyelids. I'm going to recommend it to all my friends. And just like Diane, my good friend Teddy, and he is a renowned doctor, by the way, uses them, and he loves them. Genesel by Chamonix is an easy choice. Genesel contains natural ingredients for incredible results safely and quickly. It's simple as that. Fact, listen to this. With immediate effects, you'll see results, like Teddy's, in as little as 12 hours, or your money back, guaranteed. Nobody does that. Order Genesel and try Chamonix's brand new Genesel eyelid for droopy, sagging eyelids absolutely free. For a limited time, Chamonix will include a second surprise luxury gift, also free. It's very simple. Go to Genesel.com or call 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604. Call now and express shipping is also free. That's 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604, or visit Genesel.com, 800-SKIN-604. All right, let's go back to some of this audio. A few other things I want to touch in the last hour. Let's listen to um, Joe Scarborough on The Morning Joe. And so much of the attack on Netanyahu and Israel for what they're doing. I'm sorry, folks. There's a whiff of anti-Semitism in the air. There just is. There just is. There are things... These hosts and reporters say about Israel, the country, that they wouldn't say about any other country. They wouldn't say it about a Muslim country. They wouldn't say it about an Asian country, an African country, never. But Israel, it's free game. Joe Scarborough on The Morning Joe. Cut seven, go. I think the most uh, amazing thing is that we didn't ask Netanyahu for anything for this. So, never- so you hear they're all saying the same thing. And so what they're saying, this is what I mean about this, this whiff of anti-Semitism. Hey, Jews, you want your historic capital? You want us to move our embassy there? Well, then you need to do X, Y, and Z. Have we done this to any other country in the face of the earth, ladies and gentlemen, with whom we have relations? Any other country on the face of the earth where we have relations. Have we ever said, if you want us to put our embassy in your capital, you need to give up X, Y, Z. Tell me one other country. One other country. There isn't any other country. 
There's a whiff of anti-Semitism on the left, in the media, and I'm not kidding. And one of the wonderful things I saw when I was at that embassy, our brand new embassy in Jerusalem, were so many leading evangelical Christians, including Pastor Hege, including Pastor Hege. Absolutely wonderful. And none of you get a sense for this because the media are not showing you any of it. They've hit a clip here and there. They have mocked Ivanka Trump. Ivanka Trump is a beautiful, classy, smart young lady. And she has three children, is my recollection, and she's a hands-on mother. I've seen it with my own two eyes. You don't have to agree with all her politics. It doesn't matter. She doesn't deserve to be talked about and treated the way she is. And frankly, neither does her husband, Jared Kushner. It's not a matter of politics. They're not doing anything that should provoke the kind of personal vicious attacks that they get. The whole damn Trump family has to face this. All of them. For what? Meanwhile, don't ever say anything about the Obama children. Perfect. Or Michelle. Perfect. Perfect. Don't say a word. Not a word. Not a word. They're great in every way. Every conceivable way. Period. Trump's kids, fair game. Anything. And I'm sick and tired of it. More from this jerk. Go ahead. And and to move to 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 move this embassy to Jerusalem and get nothing in return from Israel. Uh, that moves it's the art the peace of the deal. Process. <laughs> oh, there's Brzezinski. Chip off the old stupid man, old man's block. Go ahead. It's just uh, that's Lame. the worst deal making I could imagine, or at least to try to give some kind of an olive branch to the Palestinians, something to say, yes, we're moving this, but here's what you get out of it as well, and make it part of a larger package. You know, I have a different take on this, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think the Palestinians get anything until they demonstrate they're not going to keep killing people. They don't mention that Fatah, the other wing. They don't mention that Fatah uses American tax dollars and other, and other countries' monies to pay terrorists. And the more horrendous the slaughter of the Palestinian terrorist, the greater the pension that the family receives. They don't mention, hey, let's negotiate with that. They don't negotiate with that or anybody else who says your country doesn't deserve to exist. How many deals have been placed on the table for the quote-unquote Palestinians where they get... 98% of what they want. Man, I can't do that. Why? Why, ladies and gentlemen? Because they're committed to the destruction of the country right across the way, Israel. They want to wipe out the Jews. It's not that far-fetched, you know, like 70 years ago. And so these guys sit there in their studio with their clever little snarky comments about the art of the deal and Mika there, the Ed McMahon, lame, lame. Unbelievable. And they're all saying the same thing, have you noticed? Then there's Andrea Mitchell. Well, let's play that. She's on the Morning Joe show. Cut eight, go. But the real loser is one of our strongest allies, never mentioned by anyone. King Abdullah of Jordan. who has- Oh, King Abdullah of Jordan's the loser. 
The Israelis and the Jordanians have never been closer because of Iran. But now King Abdullah is the loser. King Abdullah is so thrilled that his country is loaded with 70% of the Palestinians. He's trying to stop them from coming into his country. One time they had to go to war with them because they were trying to overthrow his uh, monarchy. Right, Andrea? You're going to mention that? No, Andrea, uh, you're not going to mention that. Go ahead. Majority Palestinian country who is going to be overwhelmed. The, the Saudi Arabia and, and the oh, UAE. Overwhelmed with what? You even know what the hell you're talking about? Of course you don't. Otherwise, you'd be on a real network. Go ahead. Care if in this grand scheme of Jared Kushner's, uh, the Palestinians. See, see, now we got it. We could have personalized. Grand scheme of Jared Kushner's. She's disgusting in every way. She just is. She's been hanging around like a toothache for so long. I don't want to hear any more from her. Let's see. Why don't we hear from a real leader? A woman that I admire. You know, Hillary Clinton likes to say, America's not ready for a woman. Yes, we are. We love Nikki Haley. If there's a Thatcherite lady out there, we love her too. Uh, We backed uh, uh, Sarah Palin. I can go on and on and on. America's ready for a woman. They just can't stand you, Hillary. Regardless of your genitalia. It didn't matter. If you're a guy, we can't stand you. All right. Now that I've settled that, why don't we take a listen to Nikki Haley at the UN today? Cut 10, go. Hamas has attacked the Karim Shalom crossing, the biggest entry point in Gaza for fuel, food, and medical supplies. Well, let's stop right there. So, Joe, why would they do that? Why would they attack the major entry point? where the Israelis are bringing them food and medical supplies. Why don't you tell your audience that the country that provides more food, medical supplies, clean water, and electricity to Gaza is Israel? Why don't you tell them that, Joe? Lame. Go ahead. How determined they are to make the lives of the Palestinian people miserable. They light Molotov cocktails attached to kites on fire, and attempt to fly them into Israel to cause as much destruction as possible. Let me explain what that means. You see, the area between Gaza, there's a big buffer area between Gaza and uh, and many of the Israeli communities. Some of them are right up there, but and there's a lot of grassland there. And so what they're trying to do is create these massive fires. We've had massive fires in places like California in the northwest, and so that's what they want to create. And then they want to storm the fence where 50 or 100,000 people start flooding into this tiny country. That's the problem. Hey, all they're doing is uh, uh, shooting paper clips with rubber bands. Go ahead. When asked yesterday why he put a swastika on his burning kite, the terrorist responded, quote, the Jews go crazy when you mention Hitler, unquote. This is what is endangering the people of Gaza. Make no mistake. Wow, remember that Princeton... Oh, this is just like the marchers at Selma. Idiot. Go ahead. ...is pleased with the results from yesterday. I asked my colleagues here in the Security Council, who among us would accept this type of activity on your border? No one would. No country in this chamber would act with more restraint than Israel has. In fact, the records of several countries here today suggest they would be much less restrained. 
Those who suggest that the Gaza violence has anything to do with the location of the American embassy are sorely mistaken. Rather, the violence comes from those who reject the existence of the state of Israel in any location. And by the way, Joe and Farid and the rest of the gaggle of miscreants and malcontents, how about all those Democrats in 1995 and all those Democrats in 2017 who voted in support of moving our embassy to Jerusalem? How come you're not attacking a single Democrat who voted to do that? Not one. They won't attack a single Democrat who voted to move our embassy to Jerusalem. And not a single Democrat currently in the House or Senate went to the ceremony. It just shows you what's happened to the Democrat Party in the media. Bunch of rat finks. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Here's what I love about Simply Safe. They obsess over details like no other home security company. And here's an example. Simply Safe has a camera you can control from your phone. But they want to protect your home and your privacy. So they came up with this brilliant idea, a privacy shutter for their camera. Now, Simply Safe wanted you to be able to hear the shutter click so you know it's closed. They wanted to have a light on so if you could easily tell when it's on. So in other words, when it's on, there's a little light so you can see it very easily and you know it's on. And they needed it to work for the entire lifespan of our system. So Simply Safe got to work testing different metals and hinge designs for months and months. The result, an effective home security camera with a thin, lightweight aluminum privacy shutter that works each and every time. It's that kind of attention to detail that sets Simply Safe apart from all the other guys and keeps your family safe. It's home security done right. Get 10% off your system today at simplysafemark.com. That's simplysafemark.com for 10% off simplysafemark.com. It's not a gimmick, ladies and gentlemen. It actually protects your home. It's got sensors, cutting-edge technology, your windows, your doors, and various spaces and so forth that people penetrate your house. So they really do protect your family and you. It's the real deal. It's the best deal. It's cutting-edge technology simplysafemark.com right, let's continue with a little bit more audio I want you to hear from Danny Danan at the UN today he's Israel's ambassador to the United Nations cut 12 go Hamas in Gaza is once again guilty of inciting its people for the past months it has encouraged the Palestinian residents of Gaza to turn the so-called peaceful protests There is nothing peaceful about those protests into violent clashes. That is exactly what they have done. Rioters have thrown Molotov cocktails, planted explosive devices, and rolled burning tires. They have sent flaming materials over the fence into Israel, and they have tried on multiple occasions to break down the fence and infiltrate Israeli territory. That's their great fear. 50,000, then 100,000, then a quarter of a million people cross that border and rush into that country. And they have no ability to do anything about it once they breach that fence and enter the country. 
Many of them are terrorists. Many of them are part of this Hamas army. Hamas controls Gaza. Benjamin Netanyahu, cut 14, go. They're pushing civilians, women, children into the line of fire with a view of getting casualties. We try to minimize casualties. They're trying to incur casualties in order to, uh, uh, in order to put pressure on Israel, which is horrible. You said they want kids to die. Yes. Putting kids in the line of fire. Yes. Did your army go too far? I don't know of any army that would do anything differently if you had to protect your border against people who say, we're going to destroy you and we're going to flood into your country. You try other means. You try all sorts of means. You try uh, non-lethal means and they don't work. So you're left with uh, bad choices. It's a bad deal. You know, you try and you, you go for below the knee and sometimes it doesn't work. And uh, unfortunately, these things are avoidable if Hamas had not pushed them there, then nothing would happen. Hamas holds responsibility for doing this. Uh, and, and, uh, and they're deliberately doing it. And uh, again, I want to repeat, and I blame the American media, worldwide media, but especially the American media, have heard only part of it that I've played over the last hour or two, where they're giving aid and comfort to the terrorists. Hamas would not be doing this if they didn't get favorable press from our media from Europe's media if they didn't get favorable press from MSNBC and CNN ABC, CBS and NBC the New York Times and the Washington Post Hamas is a terrorist organization every much as Al-Qaeda is or Hezbollah or the Taliban they're the Muslim Brotherhood and they would like nothing more than hundreds of thousands of people to pour into Israel And Israel wouldn't be able to control their own country. That's exactly what's taking place. That's the attempt. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our last hour. I hope you'll stick with us. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Let me take a couple of things before we continue here. Our ratings on our Fox News program Sunday with the great Gary Sinise. What a decent man he is, by the way. Just a great guy. We're outstanding. That's thanks to you. Because you're super patriots. You care about our country. So I want to thank you uh, for that. Uh, Our radio ratings are starting to come in up, up, and away. We have very strong ratings on TV and on radio. And that's thanks to you, and I want to thank you. I want to thank you. We don't do the Mickey Mouse Club here. We don't do the Las Vegas Lounge Act here. I don't pretend I'm Henny Youngman. We have fun. I'll cut jokes, so forth and so on. But we always we always address the issues of the day in a substantive way, or we'll get into other issues. But I always want you to leave my programs, radio or TV, Levin TV included, Saying to yourself, you know what, that was worthwhile. I didn't, I didn't waste my time because you have a thousand other things to do. And, and trust me, I'm aware of that. 
the 6 p.m. slot on the East Coast, 5 p.m. in the Midwest and parts of the South, these are the hardest radio hours because people have other things to do. Even on the West Coast, the time we're out there, this is the hardest time for anybody in radio to succeed, and yet here I am for 15 years, thanks to you. I could do a mid-morning show. I could do a noon show. Maybe I will one day. I'm thinking about it. All right, let's continue. Then I want to get into a few other issues that are really quite minor. Uh, but I want to address them because people are freaking out. So the Israeli, the, the American embassy in Jerusalem is open. And it's considered controversial, despite the fact that 1995 it has been the official position of the United States government that the American embassy in Tel Aviv should be moved to Jerusalem, reinforced last June by an overwhelming vote of Congress, including 90 to 0 in the United States Senate. 90 to 0. And in 1995, the United States Senate voted 93 to 5. Now, that would include a hell of a lot of Democrats. Where are the Democrats on this? Why didn't they show up at the embassy opening? Why aren't they on TV defending their votes? It's to be celebrated, not condemned. Why? Because Obama didn't do it. Then the Praetorian Guard media takes their position. Who cares what they think? I mean, guys like Scarborough are idiots. Andrea Mitchell, idiot. Then they bring in one freakzoid after another. Uh, The Washington Free Beacon put a montage together, and they do this often, and they do it well, as does Newsbusters. The Israeli... The American embassy in Israel is controversial. The American embassy in Cuba is historic. Cut one, go. This is controversial, moving from Jerusalem to Tel Aviv. We begin this morning with an historic moment in relations between the United States and Cuba. Is that the move, this very controversial move, which clearly is a blow to Palestinians? Who- it was a real historic day, steeped in symbolism, not only to the national anthem play. Underlining just how controversial this embassy move is. Reopened, rather, U.S. embassy in Havana for the historic moment. And right now, the ceremony for that embassy opening, which is highly controversial. Secretary of State John Kerry about his historic trip to Havana. On that incredibly tense issue of Jerusalem's final status. Historic moment this morning, the raising of the American flag over the U.S. Embassy in Cuba. In many ways, today is all about controversy, faith, and history. Now to the historic moment that is set to unfold in Cuba a little bit later this morning. The U.S. Embassy making its official and quite controversial move where the American flag is flying over the U.S. Embassy in Havana for the first time in more than half a century, the latest on this historic day. Why would the White House, in the middle of what they already know is controversial, choose someone controversial? And for now, we leave you with just some of the sights and sounds of this historic day here in the Cuban capital. Sounds like the idiot Andrea Mitchell. This is, this, it was, this is my point, folks. The media love tyrants and genocidal maniacs. They love them. They loved interviewing Castro. They get their hands on a, uh, on a Chinese dictator. Mao, they couldn't wait to interview him. The media back in the day loved Stalin. Oh, yes, they did. Yes, they did. Uh, but it's controversial to move our embassy to the capital of Israel, Jerusalem. 
it's historic to put an embassy in Havana, Cuba, a communist nation that has been nothing but trouble for the United States. And so when I say the media in this country stand with Iran, stand with Cuba, stand with North Korea, stand with Russia, stand with China, stand with Hamas, I think I said Iran, I'll say it again just to underscore it. I'm not kidding. Stand against the United States, stand against Israel. Anybody have opposite proof? Well, let's hear it. Because it is grotesque what has taken place here. Now, uh, ladies and gentlemen, there was a decision that came out in the civil court in Washington, D.C., where the left-wing judge, federal district judge, she, she already had signaled this, ruled against Manafort's constitutional claims against uh, and, and statutory claims against uh, Mueller. It's not the same judge that's in the Eastern District of Virginia who's handling the criminal case. And we'll see if Ellis was a blowhard or if Judge Ellis meant what he said. Time will tell, but it'd be interesting to find out, wouldn't it? Also, uh, there was some interesting news on the Mueller front, if I can get it here. Having a hell of a time with my, uh, with my printer these days. And a uh, couple of things. First of all, as pointed out by Law and Crime, which is actually a very good website, the Russians are trying to call Mueller's bluff and file requests to view secret grand jury information. Attorneys for an alleged component of Russian trolling efforts during the 2016 presidential election are demanding that special counsel Robert Mueller be forced to reveal the grand jury instructions he used in count one of the government's indictment against Concord Management and Consulting LLC. The nine-page motion, plus supporting documents filed with the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia, relies on Federal Rule of Criminal Procedure 6E. That is grand jury testimony. The court may authorize disclosure to time and in a manner and is subject to any other conditions that it directs of a grand jury matter and so forth. The motion further specifies that Concord Management is requesting a private, quote, inspection of the legal instructions provided to the grand jury regarding count one of the indictment in order to determine whether the instructions provided could support a motion to dismiss count one of the indictment. These lawyers are good. Concord's argument is that Mueller failed to include a necessary knowledge requirement in count one of the indictment against Concord management and other Russian entities and therefore may need to be dismissed. The motion notes violations of the relevant federal campaign laws and foreign agent registration requirements administered by the DOG and FEC require the defendant to have acted willfully, a word that does not appear anywhere in count one of the actual indictment. So they're duking it out, which is what they need to do. They're duking it out, which is what they need to do. Then there is uh, more Mueller news in a uh, rather substantial piece in the Hill newspaper by John Sullivan that Mueller may have a conflict leads directly to a Russian oligarch. I can't read the whole thing. It's rather long, but let me read a little bit to you in the Hill newspaper. Special counsel Robert Mueller has withstood relentless political attacks, many distorting his record of distinguished government service. This is how the article begins. 
by John Selwyn. But there's one episode even Mueller's former law enforcement comrades and independent ethicists acknowledge raises legitimate legal issues and a possible conflict of interest in his overseeing the Russian election probe. In 2009, when Mueller ran the FBI, the Bureau asked Russian oligarch Oleg Deripaska to spend millions of his own dollars funding an FBI-supervised operation to rescue retired FBI agent Robert Levinson, captured in Iran while working for the CIA in 2007. That's the same Deripaska who has serviced in Mueller's current investigation and was recently sanctioned by the Trump administration. The Levinson mission is confirmed by more than a dozen participants inside. And what, what he's saying here, the bottom line is this. When he was director of the FBI, they paid for this Russian oligarch. That is, they, they asked the Russian oligarch to spend millions of his own dollars funding an FBI-supervised operation to get our guy, retired FBI agent Robert Livingston, out of Iran. So how can you, <coughs> excuse me, investigate a Russian connection, quote-unquote, when Deripaski pops up? Again, he was recently sanctioned by the Trump administration. Some aspects of Deripaski's help were chronicled in a 2016 book by reporter Barry Meyer, but there's new information. FBI agents courted Deripaski in 2009 in a series of secret hotel meetings in Paris, Vienna, Budapest, Hungary, and Washington. Agents persuaded the aluminum industry magnate to, re- to underwrite the mission. The Russian billionaire insisted the operation neither involved nor harm his homeland. One agent who helped court Deripaska was Andrew McCabe. You know who he is or was. Deripaska's lawyer said the Russian ultimately spent $25 million assembling a private research and rescue team that worked with Iranian contacts under the FBI's watchful eyes. They uncovered photos and videos indicating Levinson was still alive. Then in the fall of 2010, the operation secured an offer to free Levinson. The deal was scuttled, however, when the State Department became uncomfortable with Iran's terms, according to Deripaska's lawyer and the Levinson family. FBI confirms this. Let's see. The State Department declined. The FBI pressed. Deripaska once hired Manafort. Well, here. Over the past two years, evidence emerged tying him, Deripaska, to former Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort, the first defendant charged by Mueller's Russia probe of money laundering and illegal lobbying. Deripaska once hired Manafort as a political advisor and invested money with him in a business venture that went bad. Deripaska sued Manafort, alleging he stole money. Mueller's indictment of Manafort makes no mention of Deripaska, even though prosecutors have evidence that Manafort contemplated inviting his old Russian client for a 2016 Trump campaign briefing. Deripaska said he never got the invite, and investigators have found no evidence it occurred. There's no public evidence Deripaska had anything to do with election meddling. He also appears to be one of the first Russians the FBI asked for help when it began investigating the now emphasis fusion GPS. So why care about some banished Russian oligarchs account now? Two reasons. First, is the FBI prepared to get authority to surveil figures on Trump's campaign team? Did it disclose the FISA court that one of its past Russian sources waved them off the notion of Trump-Russia collusion? Second, the U.S. government in April imposed sanctions on Deripaska, one of several prominent Russians targeted to punish Vladimir Putin. 
Yet between those two episodes, Deripaska seemed good enough for the FBI to ask him to fund the multi-million dollar rescue mission. Let's see. Melanie Sloan, a former Justice Department lawyer and longtime ethics watchdog, told me a far more significant issue is whether the earlier FBI operation was even legal. It's possible the Bureau's arrangement with Deripaska violated the Anti-Deficiency Act, which prohibits government from accepting voluntary services. Dershowitz said he believes Mueller has a conflict of interest because his FBI previously accepted financial help from a Russian that is, at the very least, a witness in the current probe. Okay, so that's the latest. This Mueller's, this Mueller's a real sleaze. I'm sorry. He just is. I have no stomach for this guy at all. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin'. This program, which I consider very, very important, and I rarely call programs out, but I think this program is very important. You can download it if you haven't heard the whole program or you want to share it with a friend. Uh, Usually about 30 minutes after the end of the show. Just go to MarkLevinShow.com. That's our official website, MarkLevinShow.com. A couple more uh, matters, if you don't mind. really call them housekeeping matters. You can now hear me on Amazon Echo, your Amazon Echo device, but you have to set it up, and it's very easy. Just say, Alexa, enable the Mark Levin Show skill. Alexa, enable the Mark Levin Show skill. You'll connect with me instantly. And after that, whenever you want to listen to the program, you just say, Alexa, open Mark Levin Show. Alexa, open Mark Levin Show. If you need more information, you can go to that website again, marklevinshow.com, and use the search word, the keyword, which is Alexa. marklevinshow.com, search the keyword Alexa. This program is heard every week by 8.5 million people on AM and FM radio. It's heard by an enormous number of people on satellite, although they don't reveal the numbers, but we're told it's very, very popular there. You can also download us on your iPod. That occurs up to about 5 million times a month. You can hear us on iHeartRadio app. That's iHeart app, actually. And on the Mark Levin app, that occurs about 2 million times a month. And you can live stream us on the computer, too. So when you add it all up, there's a lot of you out there. And I want to thank each and every one of you. I really do. In addition, please check us out on Levin TV. Check us out on Levin TV. Call 844-LEVIN-TV. And you can always go to our our special Levin TV uh, social site, which is, believe it or not, Levin TV Facebook, a Levin TV. What is it, Mr. Producer? LevinTV.com. Is that what it is? LevinTV.com. There's there's several hundred thousand people there who are who are true blue when it comes to Levin TV. I hope you will check that out too. And then of course our Sunday show. We had Gary Sinise this Sunday. It's a little early, but I'll still tell you. We're going to get into foreign policy, but particularly with North Korea coming up and China and all the rest, with Gordon Chang. Now, Gordon Chang's been on radio here and there and TV here and there, but nobody has sat down with him for an hour. And he's absolutely compelling, brilliant, Uh, particularly when it comes to issues like North Korea and China. And given what's coming up in June, we'll try and stay ahead of the curve, and I hope you'll watch. And many of you do. It It is a gangbuster program now on... 10 p.m. Sunday 
Eastern, 7 p.m. Sunday, Pacific, and all times in between and around on the Fox News Channel. So uh, thank you for joining us every Sunday. All right. More when I return. The great one. And you can call in now. 877-381-3811. You know who has the number one cable talk show? The number one host, let me put it that way, in all of cable? Week after week, month after month. Do you know who that is? It's Sean Hannity. And it's never reported or rarely reported. It's rarely reported. My Sunday show has bigger numbers than CNN and MSNBC combined. Never reported. It's never reported. There are just so many jealous people out there. It's incredible. But we plow ahead, don't we? We just plow ahead. We, I, I do what I do and leave people in the dust. That's just the way it is. You know, if you shower or brush your teeth or try to make your hair look presentable, can I give you some good news? Dollar Shave Club has a lot of stuff to help you out. Dollar Shave Club delivers everything you need to look, feel, and smell your best. Shampoo, conditioner, body wash, toothpaste, hair gel, everything. All of Dollar Shave Club's products are made with top shelf ingredients that won't break your budget. And you'll feel the difference. Plus, shipping is free with your membership. Here's a great way to try a bunch of Dollar Shave Club's products. For just five bucks, five bucks, you can get their Daily Essentials Starter Set. Comes with amber, lavender, calming butter cleanser. It comes with their own world-famous shea butter and their best razor, the Six Blade Executive. Keep the blades coming for a few more bucks a month and add in shampoo, toothpaste, or anything else you need. Check it all out. Go to dollarshaveclub.com slash mark. dollarshaveclub.com slash mark. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash mark. Give it a try. I think you're going to love it. I think you're going to love the fact that it comes to your door and you don't have to go to the store all the time, too. Chaya, Brooklyn, New York, the great WABC. Go. Hello, Mark. Hi. Okay, so um, first of all, I wanted to mention my, my uh, nephew, Yonah Shamish, is a c- commander in the Israeli army and is on the right now on the Gaza border, and we hope and pray he will be okay. So anyhow, you're right on target with everything you're saying, the great humanitarian aid that Israel gives to people in Gaza, you know, to electricity, clean water, etc. Do you know can I, when- can I slow you down a second? I'm sorry? Can I slow you down for a second? Sure. Have you noticed all these media people who are very sympathetic with the terrorist group? How much do they that. give? How, hold on now. How much do they give to the people in Gaza? Well, the money they use it to build tunnels. How much do the media people give to the people in Gaza? They give nothing. Right. Nothing. Go ahead. Do you know? Do you know when Hamas leader is Ismail Haniyeh's daughter needed emergency treatment, an Israeli hospital treated his daughter, and when Mahmoud Abbas's wife needed critical surgery, she had her surgery done in an Israeli hospital. And just today, there's an article on the internet that with all with all due respect, I wouldn't do it. That's just me. Let them use a uh, you know a Jordanian hospital. 
But that's just me. Go ahead. Yes, and Ahmad Abbas today, he went to the hospital for a procedure. That was in the news in Israel. And Israel... Wait, 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 wait. He, Abbas went to what hospital? In Israel? Yes, he went into an Israel hospital today for a procedure. You can find that on the internet. That's a little too much charity as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Israeli hospitals treat victims and terrorists and victims alike. I've seen articles no, about that. Well, I that. wouldn't treat terrorists and, at all. And I, nobody else would do that, just Israel. Mm-hmm. And, and what does Israel get in return? Nothing. From them? Rockets, knife attacks. Well, listen, we wish, we wish your nephew all the best particularly with our media that's rooting for at least some IDF to get killed so they can try and, you know, find a balance. Pretty sick. Thank you very much, my friend. I appreciate your call. Kathy, Scranton, Pennsylvania, the great WTRW. Go. Yes, they put a woman with a baby in the front lines to be used as propaganda. It's obvious. Mm -hmm. Why would a woman bring her baby to a war zone? Really? Yeah, I mean, I mean, don't you think, Kathy, some of these media fools ought to be talking about what Hamas is doing to its own people? Right, and it's propaganda. And then when, um, you know, in the Bible it says Jerusalem belongs to the Jews thousands of years. So, I mean... But, mo- but most of these hosts don't believe in the Bible. <laughs> well, enough Christians, that's our holy land. That's the Jews' wailing wall. That we don't want the Hamas living there. We want it to stay Jewish and Christian. We love it. I, I wish one day I could go and visit, like yeah. you did. Yeah, I would dig it. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't go there till I was sixty. You believe that? Well, that's how old I am. But <clears throat> I believe that. Um, well, wow, you sound much younger than that, Kathy. I must say. I think he's a great patriarch, Bibi Netanyahu. And so is President Trump. Yes. I'm so proud of President Trump. Yes. And we stand beside Israel. We're on Israel's side. We love Israel. We always will be their friends. They are our, we're the Suresh. You know, I belong to the Fellowship of Christians and Jews. My husband was a Jew. Oh, that's a great organization. Yes, it is. And Rabbi Eckstein runs it with his daughter. And I get all the news about Hamas burning our American flags, about Hamas, you know, burning Israel. Uh, they probably take a knee like the NFL players. <laughs> well, you know, the deal of it is, is that you get the real news underneath. You almost got to scrape for it, you know, because they yes. won't put it in the media. No. All right, Kathy, great call. I appreciate it. Emil, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Mark Levin app, go. Hey, Mark, thank you so much for taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, the other Arab states need to point out the atrocities that the Palestinians are doing to the children. You know, uh, if you remember, Golda Meir said, we can only forgive the Arabs for killing our children. We cannot forgive them for forcing us to kill their children. We'll mm-hmm. only have peace in the, with the Arabs when they love their children more than they hate the Jews. And you know what? That hasn't changed in 40, 50 years. No. You know. No, and uh, in the media in this country, I'm, I'm pounding away at them because they're giving aid and comfort to the terrorists. The terrorists see what kind of reporting that's going on, and the terrorists are doing this for the media in America, as well as Europe, but particularly in America. All right, Emil, thank you for your call, my friend. Bridget, Palm Bay, Florida, the great WMMB. Go. 
Evening. Hi. I, um, I've learned a lot from you, and given all the points that you've gone through tonight, I, mm-hmm. I've always wanted to ask you, why on earth do most, it seems that most Jewish people mm-hmm. in the United States tend to vote for Democrats? I, I, I've racked my brain. I'm missing something. I don't get it. Why? Well, I'll tell you why, <clears throat> and I don't like it. It's because many Jews, quite frankly, like many Catholics, many Protestants, and so forth, but many are secularists. And their first faith is their political ideology. And I, I, hold on now. I'm going to give you a perfect example. Stay on the phone. Mr. Producer, will you pull up the Bernie Sanders audio, please? This man was born Jewish. He's a self-hater as far as I'm concerned. And his ideology comes first. Here, listen to this. Go. Do you believe, as many human rights groups, American, Israeli, Palestinian, European, are saying that... The IDF, snipers, shooting kids, people in wheelchairs. Are those war crimes? Well, they're terrible actions, period. And uh, I think, you know, what the United States should be doing, and of course the Trump administration is doing exactly the opposite, is instead of applauding Israel for its actions, uh, Israel should be condemned. Israel has a right to security. Uh, But shooting unarmed protesters is not what it is about. And ultimately, of course... When you have a situation in Hamas where youth unemployment is somewhere around 60 percent, in Gaza, I'm sorry, where youth unemployment is 60 percent, where people are drinking filthy water. Why is it 60 percent and why are they drinking filthy water? And who's providing them with their food, electricity and clean water? But this reporter is a leftist talking to a leftist. And Bridget, there's a Jew, Bernie Sanders right there. Now, Jew in name only. Don't get me wrong. He's a complete fraud. Anyway, that's the best answer I have for you, and uh, I do rack my brain on it. Thank you for your call. Quite frankly, I wonder why most people as party groups vote for Democrats. What have they done for anybody? If you want big, massive, controlling government, then fine. But truthfully, let's see here. Uh, Rhonda, Alexandria, Virginia, Sirius Satellite, how are you? Hello, <laughs> Mr. Levin. Yes, it's my so dear. wonderful to talk to you. I Thank listen you. to you every night. Thank you. And, uh, you know, I was telling you, call screener, the most um, I talk to, I live in a building, and I have a lot of Jewish friends and um, uh, the community center that I go to, and they're all Democrats. Mm-hmm. And when I talked to them on the phone, they were all happy about the opening of the embassy in Jerusalem, and they're always talking about going over and visiting. Mm-hmm. But they're all Democrats, and yep. when I said to them, there was not one Democrat at the celebration, they couldn't believe it. Only one there was Joe Lieberman, but he's not elected anymore. And they pushed him out of the Democrat Party, quite frankly. They hated him. But in terms of elected politicians, that's right, out of Congress, all Republicans, not a single Democrat. What do you make of that? I told him, I said, so you're going to go and vote Democratic now that you know that they don't even support you? And they just, they were like dumbfound. And many of them will still vote Democrat. They can't control it. It's like a Tourette's impulse. I just don't understand it. Yeah, well. I love your show. And Thank you. And, and Sundays are just wonderful. Thank you. And, I appreciate uh, it. I, I just, I just love you. <laughs>
<laughs> Thank you very much. You take care of yourself. Yeah, everybody's recommending guests to me now. Everybody wants to be my producer. I ignore it all. I do. I sit down and decide what I want to do with a couple of my producers, <clears throat> and that's how we do it. Uh. Let's see. Tony, Seattle, Washington, Sirius Satellite. Go right ahead, please. Hi, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, real quick, I worked at the consulate in Jerusalem for a year. Um, I just want to clarify for some of your callers, and I'll tell you this right away. I have some really good Palestinian friends. Hamas, work in Gaza, is the organization that we should be condemning. Most Palestinians are not bad people. Um I had no all, right, all right, all right. Hold, hold, hold on a second. Nobody's saying most Palestinians are bad people any right. more than anybody's saying most people who live in North Korea are bad people. That's not the point. The point is these regimes are very, very bad. They control the people, and they're very violent, and they're terroristic. Right. I just want to make sure some of your callers understand that because they My don't. callers haven't get... said anything different from that. All right. Well, first-hand experience— Matter of fact, at the my, I used to live right next to where the embassy is now. But first-hand experience, the Palestinians are very warm and welcoming people. No, some are and some aren't. Yeah, Hamas gets into their head, though. Hello, and, and, some are and some aren't. Right. I mean, that's the same way with Israelis. Some are and some aren't. But yeah. that's irrelevant. That's not the point. This isn't a gestalt session, sir. I'm telling you what's <laughs> going on right now. On, uh, on Gaza, and tell me, what do you think about Abbas subsidizing uh, terrorism? Is he a good we, Palestinian or a bad Palestinian? We were not impressed with him. I, I can't say anything officially, but I will tell you right now, the overall impression was we were not impressed with him. Uh, most of the work we did was in the West Bank. We stayed out of Gaza um, for a reason, uh, but we were not impressed with him, and there was a lot of impediments to progress. All right, now let me ask you this about Gaza. I'm running out of time, but let me ask you this. You see the media reporting. Are you troubled by what's going on here, Hamas versus Israel, how Hamas seems to have this this great sympathy? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's wrong. I think people that say anything in favor of Hamas or in favor of those that are charging defenses and stuff are um, absolutely. Let me ask you this. Why doesn't it occur to them that the reason why little kids and women may be getting shot accidentally is because they're being pushed to the front? Yeah, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. Even I've, I, I used to talk to Israeli soldiers who hated that part of their job, but they had to defend themselves. At the end of the day, they're just like cops. They want to go home at the end of the day. And mm -hmm. if, you know, if Hamas is inspiring or whatever the proper word is to get these people to do this, it's absolutely um, it's wrong. I and mean, even Israelis, Israeli soldiers hate that. They absolutely hate it, but they do what they have to do to go home at the end of the day. Good uh, call, sir. Very good call. We'll be right back. Lovin. Good news, folks. Hillsdale College is offering their free online Constitution 101 course again but only for a limited time. So register right away at levinforhillsdale.com. Hillsdale's the authority on teaching the Constitution. You can take the course based on the same curriculum that Hillsdale students use, taught by the same amazing professors. Close to one million people have registered. If you haven't, you should. I know this research. I'm about to share it doesn't apply to you, my listeners, but did you know one in three Americans can't name a single right protected by the First Amendment? 
Only 25% can name three branches of government. Get this. 33% can't name any branch of government, not even one. Look, we need to help make sure our fellow Americans understand not just those facts, but our constitutional rights, too. Constitution 101 provides you the perfect overview. So please get involved. Register at levinforhillsdale.com, and you'll even get a free pocket constitution just for signing up. Now, you know, you have to know liberty to defend it. And that's what Hillsdale College is all about. levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for hillsdale.com. Let me, let me tell you this. It was an amazing event, this uh, moving of the American embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, despite all the haters in the media, despite the fact that Congress overwhelmingly voted for it. They never even mentioned that in the media. But it took President Trump to do it. One president after another signed the six-month waiver. This president said, all right, enough already. And on December 6th, he did it. He deserves all the credit in the world. But he had a, quite a support team, and I would lead with Ambassador David Freeman, our ambassador in Israel. He's uh, unparalleled. Absolute brilliant man and uh, in a very tough part of the world, and he's done a superb job. Jared Kushner, Jason Greenblatt, outstanding what they did. And Mike Pence, our vice president, doesn't get enough support in this regard either. And, of course, on the Israeli side, the prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, and the ambassador to the United States from Israel, Ambassador Ron Dermer, another brilliant, brilliant man. And here we have all these statesmen who pulled this off. Forget about the, the uh, barking chihuahuas in the media. Well, I mean, don't forget about them, but just put them in a box where they belong. They're a very nasty, hateful, ugly crowd of know-nothings. That's what they are. That's what they are. They don't respect our country. They don't respect our sovereignty. They don't respect Israel as a country, and they don't respect that country's sovereignty either. But just so you know, we are very, very well represented in that country by Ambassador Freeman, and the celebration was beautiful. I met several of our Republican politicians. I also met, you know who I met there? Lindsey Graham. And actually, we couldn't have been nicer to each other. Couldn't have been nicer to each other. Uh, and uh, I can't remember everybody I saw there, but it was a lot of people who you like and know. And so it really was an outstanding event. There was no violence whatsoever. No threats whatsoever. No protests whatsoever. I was reading these websites back home. I was like, what the, what the hell are they looking at? Other than Gaza, which is bad enough, there was nothing going on anywhere else in the country. 100,000 Israelis marched, and you never heard a damn thing about it. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Go get them, America, and I'll see you tomorrow night. God bless you.